0: Welcome to Cheers to Leaving. My name is Christina Carlson, and I am a religious renegade coach. I specialize in helping women and non-binary folks discover their purpose, confidence, and values outside of religion through one-on-one coaching.
1: And my name is Rachel Feely. I'm a musician, a singer, and I am processing my history with religion while deconstructing. I feel a passion for individuals stuck in purity culture, and I hope to bring understanding and clarity to others like me. Who have left? Cheers to leaving. I love that it declares that. (laughs) I love that it also gives me the option to leave. (laughs) It says, Do you want to continue or do you want to leave? (laughs)
0: Are you sure you want to be here, Rachel? "Uh, No. I'm out. <laughs> <me>. <laughs> that's awesome! I love that. I didn't know that. I'm always the one record hitting record. On yeah, the walls, so <laughs> I, <laughs> they're giving
1: me an option to get out. I, when I'm glad when you I'm,
0: can. <laughs> I'm glad you can consent.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true.
0: <laughs> awesome. So, so today is a topic thought up by Rachel um, to talk about fears surrounding leaving religion. I'm mm-hmm. very excited to talk about Yes kind of, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I'm excited because I feel like this is such critical information mm-hmm. um, for anyone considering leaving and also for people who have left to to relate to this experience and um, I don't know maybe discover more about your own journey from hearing ours.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: I feel like um, I just wanted to start off by saying like something I've been thinking about when I've been thinking about this topic is that the, the general environment of fundamentalism is a fear surrounding difference. And that, that alone can just like create a lot of anxiety. If you have any kind of doubts or any kind of concerns about something, because that type of difference, like any type of difference, is actually like almost looked at like disease, because they consider it to be catching. If you mm-hmm. have, like, when I was a part of this uh, cult in Kauai, um, there were people who were kicked out for having different opinions than the pastor, and if they like disagreed with something and they, they weren't even in leadership but they were just like in the church if they disagreed with something it would just be like this big thing and a lot of people were actually asked to leave so like those of us who were still in it and were watching this happen see what happens to people who have different perspectives and opinions on things and are kind of like silenced because of that and are afraid to lose what we have which is like security community friendship and everything in that environment just for the sake of having a different opinion. And so we suppress it because there's like the whole environment is one of like, you don't want to upset the wrong people.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And isn't that like that one verse about the vine? Like, I don't even remember it, but if it's like thinking something like that, I don't know, it could go for like sin or just like anything else or like cut it off. You know, yeah. like you just get rid of it yeah. because <laughs> It's going to kill the whole plant, which is like kind of what you're saying, where it's like, it's catching, it's like a sickness or something. And they're like, we can't have this.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, it's like considered to be spreading. Like, um, uh, in the instance that I was talking about in Kauai, we were, we were on this like tiny Island. And so we would see people who had been kicked out of our church by church discipline. And we were told that we weren't supposed to talk to them unless it was about them coming back and being quote unquote restored. To the church. Oh my God. And like going through this specific, whatever program the pastor mm-hmm. had assigned to this person, which usually involved like public humiliation and like very strict shame. Shame. Yeah. Shame. <laughs> shame. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> For real, though. And I just find that like so fascinating.
1: It's. Yeah. It's. It's almost like, um, like he's a gang leader and you guys are his gang. And they're like, he has to do a bunch of stuff to get back into the game. Yeah, you got to you know, prove so weird. your worth. And- yeah, exactly. That's what it
0: sounds like. I'm like,
1: that's not a church. That's like a no. weird.
0: <laughs> I mean, this to be fair, this was like turning into an actual cult. So there's
1: yeah. that. But,
0: you know, I mean, I feel like it's it was just being raised in evangelicalism. Mm -hmm. moving into this cult was so like similar and made so much sense. Like the way that things were being practiced, the way they talked about the Bible, the way that they did, everything was exactly how I grew up. It was just the next level, which we were told always go to the next level.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So sorry to bring it back to top. Go ahead. Well,
1: I just have a quick question. When, when was this that you were in this cult? I'm just like um,
0: curious. Yeah, this was uh when I was in Bible college. So I Is it like did, a
1: summer thing?
0: No, this was like college. Oh. So I I I went there in Bible college in 2007, the fall of 2007 for a semester. But then I went back in 2009 and then again in 2011 to work there. When I was there in 2011, through 2013 I believe it was it was moving into like more extreme cult-like behavior but it was all of those elements existed when I was Mm -hmm. there at the beginning it had just like slowly been moving towards that so by the time I was there in 2011 to 2013 it was much more evident and they were kicking more people out and there was a lot more division and you know, more of those, uh, typical characteristics of a cult.
1: Did you leave because of that, or did you leave because you were done with college?
0: No, I left because of that. Um, the environment was, I didn't like deconstruct because of that. Um, but I could tell that it was extremely dysfunctional and Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't okay with being in that environment. I could tell that it was inappropriate. Um, I just had at at that point. I hadn't really realized that it was like pretty much the same everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was just like a more extreme version of something that I was still participating in. It just right. took me a while to like realize that. But mm-hmm. I left because it was just like this. This feels wrong. People are treating my friends poorly, and I don't know. I think I had enough self worth to know that I should be treated better.
1: Hmm. that's good that was probably a step in your deconstruction in some way
0: yeah yeah but it was definitely um when I was thinking about this topic I definitely was thinking about this instance because the people who thought differently the people who considered that maybe something here wasn't quite right that there was so much fear around that and for good Mm -hmm. reason yeah
1: that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, do you want to go in the direction of like shit starting with like stories or do you want to just kind of go through some things we've been thinking about or?
0: No, oh, I want to hear your story that you're talking about.
1: Okay. Um, well, My story was, and this was, like, very recently, and me sort of starting to really, like, research things and just sort of, like, start searching of, like, where I was at with um, my faith, I guess. I hadn't really been active in it, you know, for a couple years, but I was, like, really starting to, like, search out what in the world I believed. So, anyway during this time I started wrestling with the idea of the fact that like heaven's probably not real. Like, and neither is like, really, I was like, hell probably isn't either, but like, that's a whole nother story. But um, Mm -hmm. as far as this goes, I just, I really um, thought about it to the extent that I started like having panic attacks about it. And um, I, Well, in my research, I found um, this couple that made this. um, They have this YouTube channel and they'll make like mini videos and sometimes they'll be part of film festivals and they also have their own podcasts about like leaving religion. But um, this one was called Panic Breath and it was called Thinking About Death. And um, it resonated with me because it was like. Very, it was a very realistic example of how I felt like immediately after I left the faith, like lots of panicking about dying and like where I was going to go, and like just not having that like secure blanket that you could like tell yourself when you're like a Christian and in the faith of like, oh no, like, um, you know. God loves me. Like I'm going to go to heaven and I'm going to like, I'm totally gonna be fine. I know exactly where I'm going. Cause like, I feel like as humans, we always want to know things Like we need to know the answer. And so that's part of the reason why I feel like we all made up heaven, but um, I was like, okay, well, if I'm not going to go to heaven, like where am I going to go? And I became like kind of obsessed with like figuring it out. And that was like part of like panicking and like, I would just talk about it a lot and be like, I did end up having like a couple really deep, like conversation with friends that I actually really enjoyed, but, um, cause like, I feel like people don't talk about it very much, you know, like really talk about it, but anyway, um, I, I had like a ton of fear and a ton of anxiety and, um, I, I had this weird fear when I was in the faith of actually living forever. It seemed like super unnatural to me. And, like, my human brain couldn't wrap its mind around it. And, like, with the description of the Bible, I was, like, like, are we really just supposed to, like, worship God for, like, eternity? And, like, yeah. so, like, I had a bunch of fear around that, which was weird because I had even talked to, like, my pastor at the time. And he, like, couldn't help me. And so then it was almost, like, the opposite effect that I wasn't afraid of living forever. I was, like, afraid of dying and, like, wondering where I went. So. Um, I just thought that was interesting, but like I don't know. I eventually like just sort of figured that, you know, we would no longer exist, I guess. And and I, I started to be like come okay with it and become okay with like not knowing. But like I still think about it and I I don't feel the same way as when I first left or first started deconstructing because um I don't know. It was just a huge fear for me, and it caused so much anxiety. And um, I don't know. I feel like it went on for like three months. And um, I would like think about how like the older people got, like the closer they were to death, <laughs> like does that freak them out, and like other things like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I I do wish I still knew what happened when we die. But we all do. But um, I kind of think of it more in like a way of that's like a really good question. Like, let's ponder that, but I don't think of it as in like, Oh my God, if I don't find out the answer, like I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is how I felt like initially, but like mm. um, they, the, the description of this video is I put it down for the, the thinking about death video that the backsliders made. And it goes, um, Micah is thinking about death again, which makes Kaylee think about death again. And when obsessing over mortality, it's important to remember to breathe. And that sometimes laughter is the best medicine. Um, And they both like deconstructed. And I, I feel like they made that video off of something that they both like really felt. And I, I don't know. It was cool to like realize that I wasn't like the only person deconstructing that. That was like a terrifying thing for me. Mm -hmm. So I feel like the fears around death and especially hell, just because that has to do with death. And we think if we're not Christians anymore, that's where we'll go. But I feel like that fear was one of the biggest ones for me and hopefully maybe to other people out there, but Mm -hmm. yeah, that was just kind of like, my quick little story about time that was yeah. like something that just like was at the focal point of my deconstructing so it sits like i don't know it sits with me
0: yeah those i mean those the questions about like the deeper meaning of life and about what happens when we die are like are literally questions that every human has because we have yeah. consciousness and we have the capability of thinking about those things and it's so it's so critical and like if you've had a certain blanket like you said it's your fuzzy blanket knowing what's mm-hmm. going to happen you're you're safe in in thinking that in some ways and having that removed for whatever reason um even by choice feels like a rug being ripped out from underneath you and for like like you were saying for a lot of people it's hell and for you it was like the loss of heaven and Wondering, um, you know, just wanting to know what happens. That kind of those kinds of questions are like, I think a huge, huge focal point for thinking about leaving because because the focus when you're in it is so much on the afterlife.
1: Mm-hmm. You're living
0: not for this world, you're living for the kingdom of God, you are a soldier in God's army, you're going to die as a martyr and go to heaven, you know, like all yeah. of that, like it's very focused on. The future, something that we don't even know exists, and Mm -hmm. instead of instead of really truly anchoring down and grounding and living life in the present, and so it's like it can feel like a complete culture shock to go from living in the future to oh, like now is all I have Mm -hmm. because I'm not promised anything else, and you are like kind of wrestling with those ideas of the potential future still taking over your, over your mind until you, until you learn to live in the present moment. Mm-hmm. And because, because you're right, we can't know. And, um, that that's kind of, for me, it was like, it was kind of the opposite for me. The, the biggest thing preventing me from deconstructing was the thought of, of hell. And I actually, um, uh, I started deconstructing in Kansas city here and I have this specific memory of being in my car driving, you know, um, you're driving past the plaza, you go past the fountain, and mm-hmm. then you're going to go up to main street over yeah. um, by Nature Zone or where Nature Zone used to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was like, it was like that turn. And I was like having this conversation with God. And I was like, you love me, right? Like you, you did all this work to like, to send your son to die for me. You like put me in a Christian family. You have given all of this for me, and you really care about me. Like, would you really let me go to hell for like any reason? And like, it was like an audible voice. You know how that happens. (laughs) And and it was like, no, no, like that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no fuck. Like, there's no fucking way I'd send you to hell. And I was just, I was just like this reassurance. Like, I had been thinking about God being good and loving and kind. And I had been reading Rob Bell's book, Love Wins. And it was like this final conversation with God was just like this last thread of. He's like, no, that doesn't, that's not even a thing. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, (laughs) and I feel like it took me a lot longer to like overcome like the fears underneath that of like, well, sure. Yeah. The bodily fears from it, like just feeling that anxiety around it every once in a while. But that conversation allowed me to like move through that fear and just start to consider all of what else might not be quite right there for me.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think another important thing to talk about too, is like the, the loss of community and friendship or potential loss.
1: Yes, for sure. Especially if all your friends literally are Christian and yeah um yeah. I mean, yeah, and we've talked about that especially with like older people when you know their entire lives are built around this, like how do you just leave it but i mean even even when it's shaped your entire childhood or something you know like it's it's like you know you how do you leave how do you just like up and and quit everything that you know and and all the friends that you've ever had and all the support you've ever had and i mean probably too like even with your parents if they're a part of it you're like well am i going to have their support anymore and am i going to have their you know love even too
0: so yeah i don't know and like,
1: it, go ahead. no i was just saying i mean a lot of friends will like dump you over that you know because they're like I can't be around this
0: well it's like what we were talking about at the beginning it's the the catchingness of Mm -hmm. of thinking something different because because that is true it's like um, I've been interviewing people for my other podcasts and like people tend to say like the same things and it's so funny like to put those together only three people said mentioned the like idea of don't educate women because it'll like be the downfall of you know oh whatever and it is and they're like yes and it was but the same is true true for like um for like having friends who are Mm non-religious it's like they they say you know stay on straight and narrow and don't be friends with people who think differently than you because they're right they will it it will change you Mm mm-hmm And in some way, it will change you. And that's like the terrifying dichotomy of it. Because you're like, if you allow yourself to do that, your life will change. Right. And that's scary. Yeah. And and it's great. (laughs) (laughs) It is
1: scary. And like, I mean, it's not like the fears just go away. I feel like it's always something you're going to deal with. To an extent. I mean, especially if you're raised from childhood, you're like, those were the things you were taught. I feel like it has to be conscious decisions for a while to be like, no, we've talked about this. (laughs) Yeah, We know what logically makes sense. And
0: yeah, action, action is often the only antidote to fear. Mm -hmm. And that, that is, that happens when you consciously make choices even though you are feeling afraid and I think I think in in leaving religion that's a huge one because if you are still afraid of hell that does not mean you shouldn't leave because you might have other reasons to leave it's like being afraid of leaving an abusive relationship you might be terrified to leave and it also might be the best thing for you and you might still be scared after you leave for a long time and that's okay and you keep making decisions for your own best interest and -hmm. you keep going and eventually eventually you are able to remind yourself and remember that you're safe yeah
1: yeah that's a good analogy the abusive relationship and then also leaving religion
0: that's so it's so Oh, the more I think about like fundamentalism objectively, the more I'm like, this is just such an abusive relationship.
1: Yes, it really is. And it's crazy. Like how much you notice, like once you're like, once you step out of it a little bit, you're like, that isn't right. Like what? (laughs) I thought that was fine. Like, I don't know. I've become so like more, uh, not necessarily like opinionated, but just be like, huh, that's wrong. You know, like, <laughs> like just like yeah. seeing like in religion and relationships and stuff that like people that are still in it. I'm like, Oh, that's weird. That's real weird. <laughs> but I, I know like, you know, when I was in it, I would have been like, this is fine. It's totally fine. It's totally fine.
0: This is totally fine. Yeah.
1: Just another Tuesday.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, used to like study you know my degree is in theology so i would like study uh apologetics a lot and Ooh, would, apologetics would, uh, would debate people in apologetics um oh, i was nice. also good at debate in high school so it was just like an easy transition to you know debating people about god absolutely it's also made me a great asshole but <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because like these it's I was good at that because I was good at being in religion because all of those things that never made sense to me, I found ways to explain. Mm -hmm. I just got good at explaining things to myself. And so therefore I got good at explaining things to other people and they didn't make sense, but because I could figure out a way to make it make sense, kind of like a lawyer does. It Mm -hmm. was like, here it is because of this, this, you know, and, and you really believed that. it, too. Oh so yeah, it was probably
1: convincing.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, but that's like that's how we do it. We just like do what we have to, because I needed it to make mm-hmm. sense. My yeah. life depended on it. And that coming apart was just like the biggest relief in the world. Because <laughs> I was like, I don't have to make it make sense. It just doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So true.
1: (laughs) I don't need to defend this anymore.
0: (laughs) Well, it's like, it's like coming home to yourself in a lot of ways. Um, like leaving religion is because you're like coming back to who you are. And most people, like if they around you have been benefiting from you being submissive and small and not yourself are going to be pissed when you start being more like yourself and when you start taking up space and being an inconvenient human because you're human, it's going to piss people off. And that is what happens very often when you leave religion. You're just like, this isn't me. And so internally, it can feel like the biggest relief. And externally, it can feel horrifying and very scary because you're you're facing social rejection. and shame which our bodies are trained to believe means that we're dying we're not but it can definitely feel like that
1: yeah because like we needed people to survive thousands and thousands of years ago so
0: in a lot of ways we still do
1: right yeah people do not do well when they're alone
0: Mm -mm. they kind of
1: turn into assholes or they die because they're lonely <laughs>
0: yeah, they're assholes or they die
1: <laughs> they do it's like they get like yeah. selfish and assholey or like they're just like so sad that they just die I don't know <laughs> I mean we we
0: learned we learned that from the I mean from the pandemic I feel like that made things very clear to us we don't we don't do well alone that's we yeah. all got a very vivid depiction of how dangerous For us and for others, it can be to be isolated.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Other people finally got the space that they needed to deconstruct or make some extreme changes in their life that were very necessary away from their church community.
1: (laughs) Yep, exactly. That and just also watching probably the rise in like christian nationalism and other things and just watching a bunch of christians make a fool of themselves <laughs> on twitter and the news and over trump and other things and you're just like what like oh my god you're like yeah. actually it makes sense that you would believe this because you believe in a space daddy so it actually makes sense you know like oh like the crazy like q and like um just like other conspiracy theories that were like going around and even like cures for COVID and things and I was just like why do you just like automatically believe this because like, you saw it on the internet like
0: <laughs> yeah I don't know there's have you have you seen the QAnon documentary on HBO no there is one yeah it's like a show a docu-series or whatever
1: I actually would love to watch more about it because I feel like I did I still quite don't understand what in the world
0: you know I'm watching it and I still don't understand um I have like the basic premise down and that is strange enough but what what I've gathered is that people kind of got into it because it felt like a puzzle um Uh it's like a it was a community of people all trying to solve a mystery And like that, that like brought people together and also made people come up with the wackiest shit. And like, when I was like watching this documentary, I was like, this sounds like me and my brother when we were like really little, like trying to make sense of like some, or make up some mystery of something we saw in the backyard or, you know what I mean? Like totally be this. And this could mean this. And it's like interpreting the Bible or the book of revelations, you know? Yeah.
1: So true. As you, create,
0: <laughs> you like create a community around trying to figure this out and people want to be a part of something bigger than themselves so there's that component to it and mm-hmm. then you add in elements that that um people care about a lot like um sex trafficking and and then you start making wild accusa- accusations and and then it just, it just takes off. And then it's QAnon just, happens. It's just trending.
1: <laughs> it's trendy to be a conspiracy theorist. No,
0: it it's is, in. <laughs> it's in. Were it's you, in. I was, I was so triggered um, watching the, when QAnon and nationalists were storming the white or the Capitol. Um, I did. I was at work, but I did watch some
1: of it live. And honestly, My first thought was like, I am not surprised by this at all.
0: No, definitely was not surprised. Um, It was just, it was just so weird to see. It was just so weird to see. I mean, we, we were talked to about the end times our entire life and like now we're seeing stuff that could be
1: a part of that.
0: (laughs) Yes. And this is stuff that like, if another country had seen, or if we had seen this in another country, we would say, oh, their country's falling apart you know, mm-hmm. that would, it would be like, we would be like, wow. You know what I mean? Except that it's us. And it was just like, that's really bizarre.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, sorry. We got, topic.
1: <laughs> we did. <laughs> that was a weird day.
0: It was a weird day. Um, I, we should probably touch on identity. Oh. Like Mm-hmm. internal identity and like values and i don't know like especially if you were raised in this from the you know, moment you're born you're called a potential child of god and then when you accept christ as a five-year-old because that's the first time your brain can understand logic mm-hmm. you do so and you're told that you're a child of god and a soldier in god's army and they it's like it's so a part of who you are losing that is or choosing to leave that is is starting from scratch in so many ways
1: yeah yeah pretty much um i'm trying to think like how i felt initially I don't know. I felt like I was kind of finding myself before that. Like I, I hit pause on God or something, you know, like I just hit the pause button and then I just sort of like did what I wanted because if I wasn't like acknowledging it, that I was actually a Christian then I didn't like feel bad about it. Mm. Um. So I, I do remember feeling like super lost initially
0: mm.
1: about like who I was like supposed to be, and like the whole purpose thing too. Like you don't really have time to develop your own identity because it's all you're told what your identity is and what your purpose is, and those just like go hand in hand. And
0: hmm.
1: um, I don't know. I I still feel like I'm figuring it out. <laughs> still figuring yeah. out my identity. I there's definitely like staples of me that have always been there. They just have a little bit more room now and yeah, I don't know. Still working on it.
0: Yeah. It's, I mean, <laughs> I feel like it. it's so much. It might take, it might take our whole lives to, to just continue becoming, but I also think that, that there's like, There's a place you get to, and I feel like I'm just reaching that place now where I feel like in flow with that, Mm. where I feel like I know enough of who I am now separated from that, that I will continue to unravel things and continue to like, be like, oh, that's left over from this. But it's like, it's such a flow now that it doesn't feel jarring or disorienting. That's in the way in the way that it used to, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think that takes a while and um, a lot of support to be able to have safe places to explore that. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, because it's I don't know. For me, it was just like (laughs) it was like, wait, who am I without this? That was my entire life, my degree, my future career my like life plan was to run an orphanage and literally be you know the definition of white savior because that's what I was told to be and it's so it was just like I didn't know what to do with I don't know it's just been like the past like five years of being like oh yeah that was that was actually me back there this little kid who wanted to just be outside like that's an aspect of me and like this person who was expressive or really just wanted to um soak it all in and observe and had unique perspectives on things like that's me and just kind of like picking up those pieces along the way but it's 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 kind of like I feel like I had to kind of surrender to that process of being like I'm just not going to know for a little bit and I'm going to I'm going to just be here and see what happens. (laughs) Yeah. See what happens. And
1: it's hard to accept because you're like, I just want to be over it. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, you know, whatever, but it's, you have to unpack a lot
0: and you have to unpack a lot
1: of yourself too.
0: Yeah. And you have to, you have to discover who you are because like, literally Mm -hmm. no one can tell that, tell you that. And we were told that. So Mm -hmm. it's like, we didn't get the chance to go through puberty and uh, growing up the way that we should have, where we got the chance to explore and discover that. So it's like that part of me was five and that part of me was seven. And that part of me was eight, you know, all of those ages, like where I should have been developing those things. We now have to go back and be like, okay, Mm -hmm. (laughs) let's do puberty again. (laughs) (laughs) This time (laughs) with like, you know, like with all of like, because you have to go through all of those experiences, whether you do it in those age groups or later, if you are like working and growing and you're trying to heal, you you do have to go through those Mm -hmm. things still. You didn't get to skip it. I know
1: it's true. Yeah. My mind's like racing through like the things that you're talking about as you're saying it and like yeah I'm like zooming past my life timeline and trying to think of all the times that like I was myself or wasn't myself.
0: Mm. Yeah it's you can lot. kind of it is, it is <laughs> <It's> a lot <laughs> you can kind of see like and like you were talking about earlier with like now having distance from this you can look back and the same is true for this. It's like you're looking back and seeing what aspects of you were actually truly showing up and where you had adapted strategies to hide or behave differently just to cope with your situation. Mm-hmm. And then your practice or lesson or whatever you, however you want to look at it, is to just practice showing up as you now. And that could be really scary if you've spent your whole life hiding, you know? Yes. Yeah. How it has been for me.
1: Like, especially if you're like, you know, around other people that still believe that it's hard to keep your space just as big and still be like confident, you know, I feel like it comes back to you to like want to shrink or at least it does for me, like, because, you know, my mom's like still a Christian and my in-laws and like things like that. So it's hard to know it's hard to like, keep your confidence and all these things that you've learned and all these things that, you know, and just like, no, like, I know what I think, I know what I feel and I know what I believe. And like, there's a lot of toxicity going on still, but like, I can handle it. You know, like I can, I can take what I, what I need to take away from this and discard the rest. And I don't know, sometimes I have to do that with like, my family members or, <laughs> you know, people yeah. that are still, it's hard to like, it's easier to do around like people that didn't know you in the past or whatever, because yeah. you can reinvent yourself and it's great. Um, but anytime you get around that, it's, it's hard to maintain that sort of spirit, but I
0: think, yeah so much self-compassion is necessary for that mm. because you're like your body remembers being in that environment right and, and when you're yeah. stepping into those spaces like back in a church or around your family because my family's the same way and being around like stepping back in that your your whole body is just like whoa we were not safe when we were here last yeah and exactly and I just, I I don't like, (laughs) usually my, my, my thing is like, I'm just going to use the bathroom real quick. (laughs) I'm like, go (laughs) go in the bathroom and just like place my hands on my chest and be like, this is really hard. And, and we're going to be okay. And if you need me to take you home, I'm going to take you home because that's what our parents should have done for us when we weren't safe. And that's, that's been the most helpful thing for me is just to be like, you don't have to be over this yet. Mm -hmm. You don't have to, you're, you just need to be seen right now because it's really, really hard to be here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely good to have compassion and patience with yourself too. Sometimes I tend to like try to push myself because it like my brain gets it, but it's not like, It's not within me yet, I guess. It's not a part of me. It's not part of my identity yet. So it's just like you just you gotta you gotta work through it slowly, I guess. You can't rush yourself. You gotta go through it at your own pace. And it's different for everyone too.
0: Absolutely. Some people's fears might
1: last longer than others. Mm -hmm. Some people I feel like bounce back faster.
0: Yeah. I think it, yeah, it's completely unique to the individual. Mm-hmm. For me, I still feel, I still feel things in my body when I'm around, um, yeah. in those environments. And I, I just it's like muscle always, memory. It is, it is, it, it's, and I don't like, I don't consider that, uh, like, a, a bad thing or like a negative point against my brain or body or anything. It's just like, oh, we still need to keep showing ourselves love here because it's really fucking hard. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah that's a good way to look at it it's a good way to um, it's it's good to like treat yourself as a small child sometimes
0: oh yeah that's where I live because most of me is still young <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> there's always there's sometimes my like I always try to invite my uh, like oldest wisest self to the room but there's my little kid is usually there in some form whether yeah. she's five 12 or 16, even it's like, mm-hmm. she needs, she needs love and support too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, is there any, um, any advice you want to give as we wrap up this episode to someone who is uh, in this place? I I feel like for me that my advice would be the self-compassion piece, just to mm, yes. really, really give yourself some compassion here because You've overcome a lot to even be considering leaving something this um, all-encompassing, and it's uh, it's hard, and it's okay to admit that it's hard to yourself. And you can show yourself that love. You're capable of that, and you deserve that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, well, I feel like I would just say too that not. As far as everything that you have to unpack and all like the fears you feel and all the uncomfortableness that you feel after leaving, I almost feel like it's so much better than like doubting and hating yourself Mm. inside of religion, because I feel like there's almost equally, probably more so of that in religion than there is of when you step out of it. You like hate yourself less. You do doubt at the beginning, but it gets better. And it's, it's just so much more worth it. And it's, it's something you don't even realize. I feel like I'm just still realizing how much better I feel <laughs> mm-hmm. than like, you know, and it's just something you look back on and you're like, okay, yeah, no, I'm, I'm doing the right thing. Like, this is, this is good. This is good for me. Like, I feel better. I didn't realize how freaking awful I felt that whole time, you know? And so I would just say that it's worth it it gets better. Um, Mm -hmm. And definitely one is better than the other eventually. And I mean, it's good to work through stuff. It's good to know yourself better. I mean, if anything, you're just going to really, really know yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If anything comes from that, it's just, (laughs) you're going to know a lot about yourself and
0: feel better for sure. Beautiful. Awesome. Well, thank you all for listening.
1: Yeah. getting shit done. We did that. We were like, boom, boom,
0: boom. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Please share with anyone who you think might find this content relatable. You can find us on Instagram at cheers to leaving. You can find me at Christina Carlson Life Coach. And you can find Rachel at Baby Feely. B-A-B-Y-F-E-E-L-E-Y.